Welcome to the AFMG Podcast, brought to you by Attack From Ours Games. Listen as we probe topics about pop culture, nerd culture, and board games. Hey everyone, this is Liz at the AFMG Podcast. I'm here again with Kyle from the Bad Gay Podcast. Say hi, Kyle. Hi, everybody. Kyle's obvious. If, if you're watching the video, Kyle looks like he's in jail or he's about <laughs> to get taken in. <laughs> I just went on a long walk. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's like quarantine. He's in legit quarantine. <laughs> So today's podcast is going to review what we're going to talk about. So we are going to talk about, uh, obviously, current events, um, you know, uh, issues with basically, you know, Black Lives Matters, uh, the LGBTQ community, um, how that affects board games, and what we're doing to fix it. Also, we're going to be talking about basically our updates with Tag from Mars Games, what we're doing, uh, what we're going to be up to next. And then we're going to actually start reviewing Umbrella Academy Season 2. So we're going to do a quick review of Season 1. And we're going to take a break. And then after that, we have an interview with Marcus Colbert. He's a new game for game designer. Uh, we got a few questions for him. And then you guys could meet him. We'll have all his links for his game and uh, his websites. So... Now that that's out of the way, <laughs> now to, now to the deep shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So, um, as of recently, we've actually separated our relationship with the Cards Against Humanity board game cafe. Uh, we took our game off their shelves after the accusations that we were hearing uh, about the mistreating of their employees, um, especially ones that were uh, people of color and part of the LGBTQ community. We're not going to support that at all. Um, also, we're trying to reach out to other uh, creatives that are people of color so we can work with them. Um, so if you guys do videos, graphics, if you're a comedian, we could figure something out and uh, work with you guys, get your name out there. Um, also, we're going to uh, look for LGBTQ people too. Um, so I did my post on my Instagram account, which is the Tag from Mars Games Instagram. If you guys go on that, uh, just email us your info and some of your work, and we'll see what we could do for you. I, I want to see what people um, what what people can do for us and what we can do for them as well to you know be helpful. This is a this is a um, a queer run podcast and. Mm -hmm. You know the whole kind of idea between or behind uh, Attack from Mars Games is that it is going to be, um, you know, female run, queer run, mm -hmm. um, people of color. Um, we want all kinds of diversity because also we want a lot of different types of sense of humors in the game. Yeah, uh, because we want all people to be able to relate to it, and we want all people to be able to have fun with it. And we want to make sure that uh, we're not leaving anybody out. We even want, like, of course, we want straight people to even, you know, enjoy. Oh, yeah. Well. Um, <laughs> Equal but, opportunity employers. Straight people can right apply. People, yes. so, okay, so I'm excited. Uh, Umbrella Academy is 
season two is coming out. When did you say it was coming out again? I forgot the date. It is on July, I think, 31st. July 31st. So we decided that we're going to actually do a season two um, review. So uh, listen and tune in. So we will do our first episode then um, August 1st to review the season um, opener, season finale. What do you say? What is that? Like this? Are you sure you want to give a confirmed date? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Kyle might fuck that up. So anytime after July 31st. Because then we will either have to like watch it immediately on the 31st and then record it the 31st to release on August 1st. Yes. How do you think people do these reviews? I'm an active human being, Queen. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. We're in quarantine. We don't want to spread the corona like you do. (laughs) But we're going to review season one. So I got notes and I wanted to make it brief. So these are brief notes. If I missed any details, obviously Kyle, who remembers everything, will... uh, (laughs) will uh clock me if i'm wrong so i said ah. so umbrella academy season one it is actually written by the lead singer of chem- chemical romance which um is actually after my time i'm an old old fogey and i listen to goth music so chemical romance was like after the goth years it was like emo or whatever so i don't listen to their music or know who he is but i do know that he wrote um the umbrella academy comic book which became this show shut your mouth are you serious yeah you didn't know that for real i had no idea yeah he's like he goes all the comic cons and stuff he's still kidding me i had no idea my niece is obsessed with my chemical <laughs> romance and we just did like a zoom like like makeup tutorial like not tutorial, oh God. We just like had a makeup date together it was so cute so the down low of umbrella academy is a billionaire sir reginald adopts seven special children uh that have super hot powers um and they all ended up these like rando ladies all ended up giving birth um to these superhero kids they really don't go into great detail in the show of like how this happened or how this guy even knows that these babies Yeah, are we not supposed to say what happened is it that a spoiler because like what what it was is it was almost like christ-like in that it was all of these women never were showed any like virgin marys yeah they were none of them showed any signs of being pregnant but then all of them within like, I don't know, was it like an hour or something? Yeah. They all had a, they all grew a baby within like an hour and had a baby at the exact same time each. And this guy, and I don't remember for sure what the, what it was, was if he was only able to purchase or something, some of them, because there might be more. Well, yeah, there was like 42, I believe they said. And then they they said that... He had nine. Uh-huh. He was only able to get like nine of them, right? No, seven. Seven of them, okay. Yeah. yeah. So like seven out of 42. So obviously that means like 
what there's that many evil villains then that, that's gonna like show right. up yeah well are, yeah are they gonna all be villains now yeah like, i mean know? i guess like they're all like i'm mad that you know sir reginald didn't raise me i don't know but <laughs> <laughs> so all so these seven kids have superpowers so number one is super strong am i and uh I'll go into what happens to all of them afterwards too. So number two superpower is throwing knives. Any commentary on that? <laughs> um. Well, that's so funny because <laughs> like I don't remember that bitch at all. <laughs> like he literally he like, threw knives. Like throw knives and they can go in like any direction. Like they just threw it and it could go behind them. Yeah, just like, like straight. He was like really good at throwing yeah. knives. Like, but that's okay. his superpower. Like that's it. Mm. Like that's all he does. Mm. Um, number three is the rumor. Uh, and that is if I were to if if there were no <laughs> Klaus on there. Yeah. That would 100% be my favorite person. Just because- I like her. Again, as a gay person, I relate to spreading rumors about people. <laughs> I heard a rumor and she gets to be fabulous and famous because she made herself that way. So it's like the ultimate like <laughs> gay like man- perspective of like creating a character and their superpower just because of just like how dangerous rumors are. Yeah, and for somebody them to make that, I just I I honestly I thought it was like such a beautiful thing because like a, they're not glor and they're not glorifying rumors too because the um so people that have not watched the show and even people that have watched the show like they, this person convinces people to do whatever she wants and they just they go zombie like and do it when she says to them, I heard I heard a rumor you you don't like to tie your shoelaces right now. And then they'd be like, I do love tying my shoelaces. <laughs> and the, the, it's just kind of funny because it shows how poisonous rumors are to people's minds. And I really thought that that was like a beautiful, deeper message behind that power. And what happens in the story behind this character is that she gets she, her she has a daughter that won't go to sleep or something i was gonna like that. say that's like the part that i remember is like her daughter and like yeah just her being so tired as a mom and then like just being like this is one time i'm gonna use it like just yeah, this one she, time her husband catches her doing it and is so disgusted that she would use her powers against on her daughter and uh and it scars the mother so badly. I think she loses her daughter actually over it. She does. She has to do and like, um, uh, I think it's like, he's gotta be there in order for her to hang out with her daughter and like mm -hmm. visitations and she's gotta go to court and stuff like that. Exactly, because you know, at the end of the day, they're still, they're, it's almost like X-Men, like where because their superheroes are a little bit like ostracized in a, in a way for that. Mm -hmm. um, and she just uses, you know, rumors in a manipulative way and it destroys her relationship with her family. And I just thought that that was kind of like a, a beautiful way to kind of use that as a power. And I, I'm really intrigued as to what really brought the writer to come up with that as his idea. So I The rumor girl is badass because if you think about it, 
she like got raised she's a superhero and then everyone started leaving and she was like okay cool i'm gonna leave but first hold on i'm gonna make myself famous i'm gonna get money i'm gonna get whatever i want <laughs> and that's how i'm gonna retire and everyone else is like knife throwing dudes living in a boxing like gym and like cleans and I that's all he does if i got to choose i'd be the rumor girl first i'd be klaus the second I do like Klaus. Um, and he's number four, yeah, by what's the way. Again? Remind everybody. So Klaus sees dead people. Um, that's his power, which is confusing because you... So they go into Klaus basically being scared of the ghosts that he are, is seeing. And that's his power. So they're trying to get him from that fear of the ghosts but also he's not really using it as a power like a few times you could see that he like manipulates like the people that uh you know try to hurt him and he sees dead people that these other people have killed but like you don't see anything crazy and from what i remember when he sees the dead people they look terrifying like when they died right Oh yeah, like they, I mean, if you're ran over, there's like a guy with his guts hanging out, like there's yeah. like a person with half their face missing. Uh, Which is why he's so terrified of them and like he's an effeminate gay guy, you know, and I'm an effeminate gay guy. <laughs> I would be terrified if I that shit at all times. Well, and that's yeah. why he always like, he always has to do drugs. So he's, he starts yeah. slowly losing his powers because he's always on drugs. So yeah, he's, he's always to... drunk. That's well, his Funko Pop is him holding like a liquor bottle. Yeah. That's like <laughs> 90% already finished. <laughs> and that's why uh, everyone loves Klaus. <laughs> yeah, it's because he's like constantly <laughs> drunk and just like partying. But um, his other power, well, in with using his power, they have, they never explain why but one of their brothers is killed at some point, but they never show how or when it happened. Oh yeah, that is true. And he was able to give, and he always communicates with his brother, like they hang out all the time. As yes. He hangs out with his brother's ghost all the time. So Klaus sees his brother, Ben, and Ben is actually number six, and his superpower was having tentacle creatures coming out of his stomach. <laughs> that, that's legit the definition that I found online. That's what they oh, said. really? I thought yeah. it was that he was part monster or something. No, tentacle oh. creatures from his stomach. So, like, he kills and murders people with this octopus that comes out of his stomach. And I'm not going to make any inappropriate jokes, but... <laughs> <laughs> I love anime, but I will say that. <laughs> uh, and and he actually, I don't. Again, I don't. We don't know how he died. I don't think it's yeah. addressed in the comics. I think it's just not addressed. I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure it's just there's, not addressed. It's not, and there's a lot of things not addressed in this on season one. And I think that I don't know if I hate that or if I think that that makes it so interesting that he just hasn't decided how he wants to explain that. But uh, the the writer, I mean, and uh, uh, there's an instance where you know, uh, the opening scene, and you know, I hope that we're not you know spoiling it too much for people because we're just talking about everything that happened. I mean, season one, I'll be honest, just it's a, too, a it's too late. It's too yeah, late. it's it is too late. It is late. 
you guys should have been on the bus. Like, this I mean, is everything. So if you're not there yet, it's too late for you. It's but, <laughs> move on. Go get that new you. show. It's just, it's just now you know, and it's gonna just be that much. It's like Game of Thrones. Watch. If you haven't seen the whole season of Game of Thrones, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and you want the Red Wedding yet? Yeah, and like, like this is years yeah. after. Is it you years? Like a year to two years after? Yeah, it's been two years. Two years, yeah, because we dressed up as it for last C2E2. Yeah. We C2E2 again. So it's, yeah, it's well over a year. If you didn't yeah. get it, you're not going to get it. Then. It is it is your fault. But anyway, so what happened was, uh, <laughs> like, when they're very young, while they're kids, they are still, they were acting as, like, superheroes that help the community. And there was, a, I don't know if it was, like, a bank robbery or something. But anyway, they all go in. Um, the one boy is not dead. The tentacle boy is not dead yet. Yeah in this portion of the movie but they all younger. are going and using their powers and you know each doing well but still struggling and whatever and then there's just like one point where they're just like all right it's your turn and there's like a bunch of guys and he's like but i don't wanna yeah <laughs> but like, i don't wanna <laughs> like sulkingly goes in and his little they like, don't show it they yeah like a closed door and he goes in and just like murders like <laughs> 10 guys in like two seconds and covered like in his like i can't remember if he's like covered in oh blood. he's covered in blood like oh, head yeah, to toe like, just showered okay, in i was like the, i remember blood. the windows having blood all over it and i was like i think he comes out of the room just like covered in blood because he just <laughs> murdered a million people he's like can i go home like, now like most powerful one but anyway, going back to why we bring that up is, well, oh, wait, you're going to talk about yeah, yeah. With us. I was like, because I, I, so we went over, we skipped over um, number five, who starts this whole, like, season, basically. So number five uh, goes and moves into dimensions. So he could kind of time travel. And he's wanted to time travel. So he goes in a big debate with his dad. And he's like, I'm ready. And his dad's like, you're not ready because you could get trapped in the time. You could come out the other end like a frog. Like, there's all these situations. And number five decides to go on a tyrant and starts walking and running and starts going back into time and time traveling on his own. And he's like, see, dad, I told you I could do it. But then he ends up time traveling to basically the end of the world and he's stuck there and he can't go back and he finds out the world's about to end his whole family's dead he sees their dead bodies uh he has a love relationship with the a dummy that's <laughs> a mannequin it's like it's basically a man it's basically the 1980s mannequin but it's like with superheroes <laughs> <laughs> she came back alive that's why if you ever see people cosplaying and they're carrying a mannequin and wearing like a child's school outfit i know Every, everyone's like wait this is either a weird version of mannequin the movie or this is umbrella academy <laughs> and the funny thing is is because he like went to the future and gets stuck in the future for so long and then comes back and he doesn't know how to control it perfectly well he he ends up being 50, he ends up aging to 50 years old past all of the other people and then comes back but is in a child's body compared yeah. to all of them as they've aged during so the normal time. What did he say? He was like a 65-year-old a, a man in a kid's body. So yeah, he was like a 17-year-old like kid. Yeah. And so he comes back and he tries to get his um, 
his siblings to work and save the world because their grand their dad died. I want to say grandfather because he's old, but their dad died, and that like they're finally all in one place. So number five came back. They find out like what's going on, and he's trying to get them to get along. It's like one big happy dysfunctional family, um, but. This also attaches to the other sibling, number seven, who is just evil. Um, you find out that as she's growing up, she's being told that she doesn't have any powers and that she's not special. Um, and then you later find out that she did have superpowers, but they were so strong that he actually had the rumor girl um, delete her memory of her having superpowers. So she spent the rest of her life basically hating her family and being like, I wasn't special and I wasn't a superhero. And then wrote a whole book basically bad mouthing the superhero family. And you later find out like that she, she was the most powerful one of all of them. Yeah. Oh, what is she on? So She's an Adderall or something. She's on, she's on a, uh, like a, like, uh, Adderall or some sort of meds. And that's what starts it as she stops taking in it. Like, so oh, she, yeah, I don't remember that portion. Cause, uh, she dates that crazy guy. That's right. Yeah. She starts dating this crazy guy that's obsessed with the Umbrella Academy and is actually trying to expose that. Huh? Yeah. Trying, trying to expose them. them. Cause he got mad because he, uh, he had an abusive dad he wanted to run away the Umbrella Academy. They shunned him because he had no super hot powers. So he then decided, I'm mad because they didn't want to take some random kid into this mansion and have me go to try and kill people with my no superpowers. Mm. He decided to go home, murder his dad, and then like basically grew up with this life of trying to plot against the Umbrella, Umbrella Academy. Mm -hmm. and he gets killed in the best way oh god he does he does if you again if you haven't seen it you need to see it just for that <laughs> I'm Actually, like, no, it's very gory <laughs> it is very gory but so like, here's get his comeuppance i'll put it that way okay so going back to klaus so in the end of the show the season they have this big epic fight um with all the siblings by the way, at this point of the show, uh, the rumor girl, her throat got slashed by uh, number seven. So she can't even talk. Yeah, she was about to tell another rumor. Yeah, to stop her, uh, the seven, uh, number seven from attacking her. And then when that happened, number seven flipped out and went like, whatever and just sliced her throat. yeah like sliced her throat somehow so she's still living and not only is she she's still living thing? yeah that's right because she was the one at the end that like took care of it all well no because she can't talk so i'm confused on why they even brought her they're like here let's go on this epic fight come help us save the world with your no power because now you have no fucking voice so it's like what was she gonna do like I mean, she did, like, kick ass. Like, there's a lot of fight scenes, but I mean, like, mm. your sister's, like, basically a thunder devil that has, like, a big tornado. Like, she's having the end of the world happening. Like, what the hell are you gonna do? Also, uh, 
remind everybody do you remember the name of the actor that plays that character the the most uh the powerful one that was killing the that at the end um uh ellen page yes 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 she um obviously very famous probably the is she the most famous one from it or is klaus the most famous one from that show Klaus is famous. Uh, he did a lot. He did a lot of European films. Mm-hmm. Um, Freaks and Geeks or something, or what was he? On? No, he did another show. It's it. Uh, God, it was like almost a superhero show. Show too. He did Misfits. It Misfits, yeah. Okay. That's all I remember. That's all I remember. I'm remembering. Um, but Ellen Page, obviously, I I I don't know if it's just because we're gays that. <laughs> 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 Thanks. <laughs> but obviously Ellen Page is um, you know, lesbian. She's starting in a lot of different movies right now and she's and, a lesbonian. Uh, so I thought that she's the most famous one, but it just be, might be because like in my bubble that she's- I I watched Ellen Page when she first started and she was in the movie uh Red Riding Hood or whatever. It was like an indie horror movie. Oh. You need to watch it if you didn't. I've never heard um, of it. It's like uh, Red Riding Hood or or Little Red or something. Look up Ellen Page movies. This is going to, I don't have my phone. Well, we're not going to do that right now. We're recording a podcast. Or we're going to talk about it. I know. I was like, but anyways, you got to watch it. Basically, at the end of the movie, she's like, have, she's doing surgery on a guy's balls and then puts his balls in a That's food not processor. Yeah. That's not her. Yeah. I've seen that movie. I yeah. It's it is El- oh, it's not her. Oh my god. I'm gonna look it's it up. Not her. It's the girl that's the girl from Kick Ass that you're thinking of. No. I'm positive. How much do you want to bet? I will bet you <laughs> I will Venmo you five dollars right now if you are right that it is Ellen Bam. Hard candy. Damn Bam. it. Is it Bam. Ellen Page? Yep. Clint. All right, I'm gonna send it ah. to you. <laughs> I was like, I knew it. I'm like, I'm telling you. I thought it was the other girl. But no, I loved Hard Candy. Great movie. Yeah. Psychotic movie to see a little girl like her be in it. It is really good. And and just just off point, if you like European films and um, you like horror movies and you're gay, you might actually enjoy High Tension, which is a lesbian horror movie um, from France. And it is really messed up. Uh, super good movie. So check that out. I keep my word. I just sent that picture $5. <laughs> Ooh, $5. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it for your purple bear. I'm happy to admit when I am. I'm like, oh, God. Uh, number one, by the way, in the middle of a fight. There's a lot that happens in this show. So please watch it if you haven't. Even if we're going down all this stuff, we're not even destroying like any parts of it because there's so much to like watch. Um, number one gets in a fight, and in a very dramatic episode where he slowly rises from a chandelier that fell on him and his clothes rip off of him, and you find out that he's half monkey, half man. I just don't understand why they didn't already think that. <laughs> Yeah, he was very, like, disformed, and they're like, oh, you you look big. Like, everyone kept making uh, comments about, like, how big he is, 
And I'm like, but his hands are like monkey hands. So as he's eating, because they for sure like slept over. And yeah, stuff. why didn't you explain why he's a big monkey? All right, so he's a big monkey because he went on a mission because it was only him at that point uh, working for the Umbrella Academy. He went on a mission and- Yeah, everybody had abandoned the dad because they hated him. Yes. <laughs> and he was the only one that stayed loyal. He is, because he's number one. He's super, he's like the Superman of the group. So little boy Wonder went and he got chemicals on him that was basically killing him. And Pogo, which is an actual monkey, um, and he talks and he's like their assistant or whatever. He gives them this He's like serum. the one that they like, right? Like yeah. they don't like the dad. They like the monkey like helper guy. Well, okay. So long story short, Pogo gives them this stuff. They shoot him up with it. Number well, one. They're like, basically, they're like the only way to make him survive is to cross his DNA with like monkey DNA. Yeah. Or which is weird. DNA. I don't know. Cause he's fucking huge. Yeah. He's gigantic. And I think it's because he's like super strength or something. Maybe that has to do with it. Maybe. But yeah. on Pogo, they did like Pogo, but then during the end of the season, remember that everyone kept finding out uh, because Pogo kept telling everyone the family secrets that the dad told them to not tell the kids and they're finding out all this info and then they start like getting mad at Pogo. But um, number seven, she finally goes to her dad's house, finds Pogo. Pogo tells her basically, I knew that you had superpowers. This is what happened. I'm so sorry. Like, And what happened was, is that when she would get hyped up or lose her temper, she wouldn't be able to control her powers and she would use them violently in a way that was unable to be controlled. And because she wasn't able to control her powers, and that was why they were like, it's too dangerous to even try to teach her how to use them because she is too dangerous and could destroy the whole world. Essentially. Which actually tries Which to happen. Yeah. <laughs> about to be doing. So the dad was right. <laughs> he just proved his point essentially. Yeah. He's um, like, I told you so. Um, and that yeah. was the end of the show. No. Yeah. <laughs> but so it's goes- just like they and you know, like the 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 rumor girl, she was, you know, told uh and I don't know, I don't she kind of almost acted like she felt manipulated into doing it to her because she it seemed like she didn't want to use her well yeah it's like they were friends like they were sisters and then she was told to do that and you obviously you're a kid you're gonna do whatever your parents tell you to and then to never tell her the truth of what she did yeah and everything it it was always weighed on her and so um you know they didn't know what to do essentially well yeah that's i mean and then basically with uh number seven not being on her meds and then she's like finding out she's got superpowers so it's basically the negative where her emotions and her superpowers are taking over uh and when she's approached by pogo she like violently murders him and basically throws him against the moose head on the wall and basically crucifies him uh and then just leaves 
to go to her recital for her <laughs> to play violin because that's what everyone does they just you know murder people and then go to their <laughs> violin recital i guess oops killed you maybe <laughs> um gonna be late <laughs> <laughs> I, so everyone like basically ends up at the theater oh um they find out that the boyfriend had something to do with it so uh they go to the boyfriend's house and find out he's already dead and that's because he basically um tricked number seven into like making her powers happen and she finds out that he's been spying on her family she finds out that he's got like her family's book and then after she finds out she confronts him and then ends up murdering him also in a very gruesome way uh and then she goes to her violin recital <laughs> so it's two murders and then she goes to, oh no it's not a recital it's her actual show um so she's performing yeah wait that was like her only like thing her only talent is like... oh wait yeah, yeah wait wait no no i forgot um that's her, her power. superpower yeah. is based off of noise. They basically take a vibration of all the noises and she shoots it back at people, destroying things and morphing items and buildings. And uh, that's basically what she's using is the vibrations. So when she's playing the violin, uh, like she's using that noise to make her power. So you gotta imagine if her powers extreme just by a little bit of noise having her in a opera house with a violin is dangerous so yeah it was something about her getting lost in the sound and that and well that's i was like it's the vibrations it's like kind of like taking a vibration and shooting it back or morphing the world from vibrations it's weird but that's basically her superpower season one ends with um all the siblings basically took her down without killing her but she was knocked out and um they think that they saved the world and i forgot what it was something was like shot into the moon it was a gun they shot a gun like right next to her head i think I don't know something I, I forgot now what it was. You guys have to watch because we didn't spoil it too much. I just watched it. Uh, so just something happens to where basically they shoot it into space. Something happens. They think they say the world, but they look in the sky and they see that like the moon is starting to fall towards Earth. And number five, the guy that goes through time decides that he's going to have everyone hold hands and they're going to try to basically time travel together and that's the last you see of them yeah you don't know i mean you don't know if they save the world or not so they kind of just left it at that in about 31 days yeah in about a month But if you got if you guys like Umbrella Academy or if you want to watch it and then you want to listen to the season two review, um, we will be doing it around August first, <laughs> around that date. Uh, but besides that, what we're gonna do next is we're gonna close off our conversation because we're gonna go to a commercial and then we're gonna go to our interview with Mar- Marcus Colbert. 
Um, he has a game that he designed called Surrender. Uh, he also has another game. I'm not sure if he's going to talk about it yet. Um, and we are going to put his information on the bottom and share it on our Patreon page so you guys contact him. Other than that, Kyle, any last words? <laughs> um, I don't have any last words, but I would love for you to tell everybody about the shirt you're wearing. Oh, yeah. So this is one of our shirts. It says, gaming is the shit. <laughs> Kyle also got a hoodie, but he's not wearing his. But, I know. Uh, I, meant, I, which, I just came back from walking, like, and I'm still covered in sweat. So yeah, uh, gross. <laughs> but explain, explain Kyle obviously got got ready for this podcast, but uh, you can get it <laughs> at our attack from our games merch store. Up. Huh? After the battle, right? Showing yeah, it up. is. <laughs> um, but, what is a chit? Explain to what a, what a chit is. For a those chit is uh, something that you keep tallies with. So it could be a little, basically, cardboard piece for a game. They're little chits. Yes. <laughs> so if you are a huge Bart board game fan, um, this is your little yeah. uh, nerdy shirt that you could wear with um, your pixelated heart as well. Yeah. And also, uh, just so you guys know, our patron page. Uh, if you join the $30 a month, you get a lot of fun stuff and you get a fun shirt that says, I, what, what, what I don't even know what this fun shirt says. <laughs> I forgot. The shirt is exclusive to the, uh, Patreon members. Yeah. Uh, only the people who are part of the, uh, fuck yeah membership level, they get a shirt and it says, uh, I let AFMG podcast uh probe me with nerd topics yes and uh um we, there's consent uh, on the shirt it says <laughs> let us so we don't we don't probe without consent we love that uh uh we uh, we love any uh support any purchase that you guys do obviously helps uh support us at the podcast and continuing to do creative things with the board games is very difficult to do yeah <laughs> also of course like i said buy our games we do have our high road Kickstarter coming in fall. Again, a reminder of that. If you want to keep updated, go on our website, www.attackfromarsgames.com. Uh, besides that, we're going to move forward with the commercial. We will be seeing you guys, seeing, hearing, listening, <laughs> you guys uh, next month sometimes. And if you get to our Patreon page, we could actually schedule these podcasts and uh, <laughs> do a better job at uh, getting these done because we're doing this for free. So I feel exactly. like I do a lot of my board game stuff for free. And before you all go, I just would like to remind you to check out <laughs> at Bad Gay Podcast on Twitter, at Bad Gay Podcast on Facebook, and at The Bad Gay Podcast on Instagram. Um, so, uh, by all means, come check Follow it out. Um, there are some Adam. old episodes. I have not uploaded a new one in a while. My new one is going to be not gay related. I'm actually considering changing the name of my podcast and doing a brand new thing because <laughs> I want to do something about some old school reality shows that have not been watched in a while. Oh, um, God. But, um, anyway, so, uh, just follow me there. You can see if when i post something new um it will be an intense are you dying to do your friends to go to hell
then buy a copy of Summit, the party card game that encourages you to bend the rules. Get your copy today at our AFMG store at www.attackfromarsgames.com. All right, guys. So we are back from break. Um, we did an interview with Marcus Culbert. He is a new board game designer. We sent him a few questions, and he gave us our answers. We're going to review it with you guys and show you guys who he is. So, of course, the first thing we asked was his name and uh, have him introduce himself. So here is Marcus. Hello, everyone. My name is Marcus Colbert. I'm a board game designer from Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, some uh, fun facts about me is that uh, in high school, I was a city chess champ. And because of that and just my personality, like I'm a really big strategy guy uh, to the point where I'm always researching historical battles and events and, and just trying to, I'm, I'm always trying to learn more about strategy in general. Um, because of that, like I, I bring, I pretty much bring strategy into everything I do. Like even if, even if I'm washing the dishes or something like that, like I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way, you know, where I can bring strategy into something like that. You know, so one, one of the biggest life lessons that I've learned and actually I, I learned it through chess is that no matter how bad things look or no matter how bad things might get, if you if you keep an open mind and you think about the problem from every angle, you can always come up with a solution. So I, I still use that in my life all the time. A chess champ that likes strategy. That sounds like a great mix for a beginning board game designer. Now our next question for Marcus was, what made you get into game, board game design? I was actually inspired by George R.R. R. Martin in his book series, A Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, in the books, he wrote about a game named Sivas or Sivasi, depending on how you pronounce it. Um, it sounded like a really fun game, but it, it wasn't a real game. It just existed in the book. And I found out later that there were some attempts at making it a real game, by, like various fans and stuff, uh, but they largely look boring and unimaginative. So I, I set out to create my own version of the game that when, after, when I started getting into it, like I realized why Martin never fleshed out any rules or mechanics other than like how the beginning of the game went in different, uh, different small things like that. And the reason I think he never done it was because the design in the game is actually, is really hard. And, um, you know, I never thought that I couldn't do it even after I realized how hard it was, but I did understand, I did begin to understand why he never like, you know, why it's just mentions of the game in the book and like some game situations that helped the plot along about what, you know, whatever they were talking about. So, I, I mean, you know, I, I think it would have been a whole other job to fully design and polish a game while also writing a book. So like I said, it, it, so what ended up being in the book were like game situations. In those game situations, even though it was very little rules, it was more like him, it was described as like a battle being fought on a board. And that, that idea of a battle being fought on a board really intrigued me to the, to the point where I wanted to, I wanted to fight some of these battles on a board. Even if I had to make the game myself and even if I had to make it myself in order to, so I know that it was good, I wanted to, I wanted it to be good and I wanted to experience fighting a battle on a board as i began as i was creating it it quickly went beyond the scope of the gameplay situations that was described in the book and it didn't take long at all before i had so many original mechanics that it became its own thing and the only thing it kind of kept from the books was just like the way you, how you start the game so yeah so that's 
pretty much how I got into game design. Really, it was just from the motivation of, I really was motivated by just wanting to play a game, wanting to fight a battle on a board. And that idea that came from Game of Thrones. Marcus took a game from a book, and even though he knew how hard it is to do game design, Marcus followed through on making what he called a battle on a board. Now, our next question for Marcus was, how has his experience been within the board gaming in industry so far? Marcus enjoys the unpublic invention scene. Seeing other people's work and helping each other out is obviously something that gets him very excited. We as the board game industry should probably reach out to Marcus too and show him all the online gatherings that he could also experience, especially during this pandemic. Now we asked Marcus another question and it was, what is your first game? And tell us more information about it. So the first game I designed is called Surrender, which was is the game that was inspired by Game of, the Game of Thrones game, Cyvas. Uh, Surrender is a strategy board game similar to chess. It's combined with a strategy card game, like, like a Hearthstone or Magic. Cards play directly to the board, not against each other. So they're used to change the board state. Uh, as a result, there are no life point totals or minion hit points and kind of and things like that. Uh, the game has numerous unique elements such as a range mechanic that allows the capture of pieces without having to travel to a physical location of the piece. And also without using dice rolls or any other randomizing factors or devices. Even though dice, dice do play a role in the game, but it's, it's very minimum. You might have some mechanics that may use dice, but it, it's deliberately kept to a minimum. And you, and uh, besides that, you would use dice for various counters and stuff like that, like to count down turns and different. You could use a lot, a lot, a lot of dice that way. Uh, it has a ship mechanic that allows to help teammates, and their teammates are on a separate board, and you can help them with pieces and resources. They're 12 unique pieces to choose from and obviously uh well not obviously but you can't choose all of them and each piece has a counter like each piece has pieces or a combination of pieces that counter them so you so you gotta kind of go into the game understanding that if you bring a certain combination of pieces that it can be countered by a combination of pieces that the enemy brings so you have to be you know aware of that when you when you pick your pieces but at the same time the game gives you so many options and if if you're smart and if you're creative you can even overcome you know being countered by the enemy pieces it has interactive maps every card is a cool mechanic that adds a spice to the game like every card does that and the, the cards have a, a three-point card system so you can kind of, so there's a lot of ways that you can play around with the cards and use value more cards over other ones even though they might you might have two powerful cards but depending on you know what kind of what's what the enemy composition is or what the other player's composition of pieces is and and maybe what you have one card might actually be a lot more valuable than the other one and you can you can kind of mitigate the cost of one or the other through the the cost system and how you have multiple ways of paying for cards to make the game play fast, there are five win conditions. There's a unique uh, moving, a unique system for moving multiple pieces per turn, and a, a very easy to remember rule set that is so intuitive that like when you get introduced with new concepts in the game, like you're gonna 
almost be able to instantly figure out what how it works and what it's supposed to do. The rule set is, is such a great frame, framework for new things to be added or for for your mind to understand any new concepts. So I, I started designing Surrender in 2016, 2017. Uh, halfway through 2020 now so it's been i've been working on this one game for a very long time having a game with so many components like is is many many more mechanics that i can't i just can't name everything here and designing all those things to be simple and easy to learn understand and pick up as well as being fun and fast and also have the ability to go as deep as anyone wants to take it as far as the strategy uh, while also making sure that nothing breaks. I think it's not an understatement for me to say that, you know, those things are, are pretty tough to do. And with this game, I'm almost positive that I've done it. And I just can't wait for people to play it. I think it's, I think it's gonna be so much fun for a lot of people. I think it's gonna bring a lot of people a lot of joy. And like I said, I think it'll help teach people about life if you take from and we take from it the same life lesson that I took from chess, which is just always having options and being able to just be intelligent about the way you create solutions. And then you will always find a solution. And uh, that's that's the first game I designed. Surrender, a strategy game. You could tell Marcus has the board game designer bug by hearing the excitement he has when explaining his creation. Now, our next question we had from Marcus was, what are the other projects you have that you're working on? Because I'm a, I'm still a new game designer and because I put so much time into the design and polish of my first title, uh, I've really only had basically recently started creating mechanics for my second game, which will be a football game. It's coming together. I, I have a lot of ideas and, and mechanics already. And uh, that's kind of how I, I create games at this point is like, I brainstorm a lot and I get like everything that I would want to see in the game or, or everything that probably should be in the game and and everything that maybe maybe I don't really want in the game but probably has to be in the game and you know once I get all of those ideas together eventually a game will start kind of building itself out of those things and uh, you know the game will start throwing away some things that it don't need and combining some other things and then you get the, you know the early rise of some rules that obviously are going to change probably multiple times uh, I think a basic framework will start coming together and from there you know you have to test it and there's a lot of testing in for a game in order to make sure things don't break things are fun and any number of other reasons to test the game which are, are numerous but I can guarantee one thing that it won't take nowhere near as long as surrender took to develop and get to a point where it can be signed. I mean, I, uh, largely that's because the game is much lighter, not nearly as ambitious, or it's not going to be nearly as ambitious as, as Surrender has been, which doesn't mean that it's not going to gonna be very detailed in a full game because it will be that's just how ambitious surrender was of an undertaking so i mean the, depending on like when i can get full time in the lab designing this game it may be that my second game might get published before my first one does marcus has told me a little about this game on twitter and i can say this game sounds amazing it is starting to look like marcus has two great games in his game designer box already 
Now we asked Marcus, what's next? Now that you have two games made, what is next for Marcus? Well, well, the plan right now is just to get Surrender signed. Uh, I'm, partnering, I'm partnering with a buddy of mine and an artist to help develop uh, really high quality prototypes. Uh, we believe Surrender is a generational title with an unlimited potential. Uh, if we can match with a great publisher that's a great fit who shares our belief, like I think that like the Surrender game will speak for itself. Surrender is definitely a game Marcus took his time on and it sounds amazing. I do believe that the combination of Marcus and a great game publisher would only be nothing but a success for him and that company. Of course, now we asked Marcus, how do we get a hold of him and how does people find out about all the games that he's making? My Twitter is at MarcusColbert5 my, and my email is vice underscore Kenley, uh, K-E-N-L-E-Y, the number five at yahoo.com. So that's vice underscore Kenley5 at yahoo.com. Um, I'm probably most active on Twitter. If you want to contact me about information on my game, you can DM me. Uh, if you want to be notified uh, when the game comes out, just follow me and I'll you'll be the first to know. Also, if you're a designer and you can't, you want to contact me about your game, um, I'll be happy to help and give feedback. I'm really good at creating and evaluating game mechanics. Plus, I'm extremely objective-minded and I would like to say honest. So I'll tell you if something's good or bad and I could potentially help you with, with uh, ideas or suggestions on uh, improving things or improving something. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I really like Unpubs is uh, Unpubs is Unpubs is like one of my favorite gaming or board gaming venues is because you, you get to play all these people's games and there's so many great ideas in it. And sometimes they're just, you know, you just, you're playing it and it's like, it's, it's missing like one thing or something like that. And being like creative enough to figure out what that thing is and then like conveying that to someone and they like, yeah, that's actually a great idea. Like it's really, like, I think it really helps my creativity and, and my ability to like, to to think and stuff like that when I can get these new concepts and, and actually, you know, help them figure out something that's really good for that game. So I'm always willing to do that if anyone wants my feedback on a game. Like I said, just follow me, DM me, whatever. Pretty active on Twitter. I'm not the most active, but I am active on Twitter. I do check it all the time. That's where um, I post everything about my game and different things like that. So so uh, Twitter is probably the, the, the best place to reach me. Last, I just I wanted to say, I wanted to thank you for having me on. I think that you're one of the more awesome people in our community, in the, the board gaming community. So, and I wish you the, I basically wish you the best of luck and much success and, and keep kicking ass. Here at the AFMG podcast, we'd like to thank Marcus for taking the time out to answer all of our questions. Also, we'd like to say to the board game industry, we hope you all reach out to Marcus, find out more about his games and help him move up the board game ladder. And we will hear from you guys soon. Also, we do have our next episode. Uh, it's the reviews for the Umbrella Academy 2 coming out with me and Kyle. So you guys will hear from us soon. Bye.